0: Hey y'all, you're listening to the Mother Far From Home podcast with me, your host, Rachel Norman. If you desperately need a common sense, down to earth perspective on how to mother well without losing it, living in constant stress, or needing to escape your life, you have come to the right place. Hey mama, welcome back to the podcast. I am very excited, very excited slash Terrified about today's episode, but I'm going to take one for the team. My Rough Rachel persona is going to come out where I'm going to say the things we're kind of cringy thinking and afraid to say because it just feels sort of like other people aren't going to like it, but it's still something that's on our minds. And so I want to talk about it today. So that is the principle of benevolent deprivation. Now, this is actually the name my husband gave it, and I'm going to read you something that I, I was reading this sort of parenting devotional from the 90s, and I really encourage you for laughs to get some parenting material from earlier decades, because some of the stuff that you would read is so common sense, but just would never fly nowadays, and some of the stuff just really is not, some of it's not that good. But this is a book by John Rosemond, who's a parent who was you a popular parenting back in that time, And this was um, a quote that he gave, and I want to read it. In other words, the richer you are, the more important it becomes that you not completely share your standard of living with your children. Instead of sharing your success with your children in material terms, share with them the skills and values they will need to eventually achieve success on their own. I call this the principle of benign deprivation. Deprive your child now and he or she will be better equipped later to strive and thrive. So I was talking about that. I read the quote to my husband and he said, well, it's not even benign deprivation as though it's neutral. It's actually benevolent deprivation as though it's good. So I haven't read anything else about him. I don't know if he has a whole body of something on this. I just sort of took that concept that I had been thinking about with my friends and And gave it a more positive spin. So that the initial benign deprivation was from John Rosemond. Um, And so essentially my thesis, my main point, I'm going to vini al punto right now. And that is that it is important we don't materially spoil our children, even if we could, but rather, if we're going to spoil them, we need to spoil them with support, time, love, attention, life skills, and equipping. So again, I really feel super cringy talking about this. I feel like I'm going to get a lot of pushback, but it's it's I just think that it's worth talking about. So I've had this ongoing conversation about this sort of topic of kids... Um, feeling like they, they, you know, it seems like every generation, not not in every case, of course, this isn't bl- a blanket truth, but the standard of living seems to just keep going up on average, generation to generation, mate- in a material sense. I would argue that our standard of living is actually going down um, in an emotional and mental well-being sense, but in a material sense, it does seem to be improving. And I, I have noticed that whenever I've worked hard to save or buy something or we have gotten something that you know we want to live in that lifestyle to which we worked hard for, the kids sort of absorb it as they as just normal to them, and they can get kind of fussy, picky so this I've had a few friends that I would talk about this with and it happened a lot on vacation so I'm gonna get I just want to give a little story to kind of explain what I'm talking about so I like to go places I've I've traveled after I went out of college uh, graduated college I wanted to find myself I moved to Europe I've lived on three continents like I've learned a couple languages I'm not saying I'd be great at them now but I was you know fluent at the time and I have just loved that. And so whenever I had kids, I never went through a period where I didn't want to do that. I just drug all the kids along. I went along pregnant. I went along nursing with, you know, newborns. I, I was like in, a, in rooms and I'm like, I need three packing plays, including the baby. It's going to be in the bed. You know, I just did it. And so I would notice once last year, there was a period where I was, where I had booked quite a few trips at once. And I know, and of course we know traveling can broaden our kids horizons and get them out of just their, the little place that they, the environment that they're in. Of course, traveling is good, but I noticed too much fun, excitement in traveling. And my kids started to get super picky and whiny about things or it, we would go to a restaurant and it would be like, oh, like these chicken fingers just aren't very good or you know, like they didn't get to choose the seat at the table that had the best view, and they're like, "I don't want to sit here." Or, you know, we would go to this—you know—I rent a cabin in the mountains in a Christmas town, and they're like, "I just like, you know, this room isn't very nice." And I—it was just little comments, even though overall, of course, they were having fun, and I and I just was like, "Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! Am I, cre- uh, am I creating monsters?" You know, and of course, I don't think my kids are monsters, but. I wrote to some of my friends and they would, you know, I would get jokes and hashtags back like, oh, you know, like, you know, wh- whatever, champagne problems, you know. So it made me, when I read this about John Roseman, I thought, oh my goodness, this is something we need to talk about because we often work hard and then we want to have nice things and whatever that might look like. Um, and then we can kind of pass that on to our kids and they just think they're going to have all these things without working for them. And it can create kind of, I guess... An entitlement and just, yeah, it, and, it, and it doesn't come off well. And I don't know if it's just my kids and my friends' kids. I'm thinking it's not. I'm taking a risk and thinking we might all experience this. And if not, then I'm really going to eat crow on this, putting this out here. But rough Rachel taking one for the team. So. We realize that basically the idea is that while we have worked hard to enjoy a lot of these things that we now enjoy, our kids haven't done anything for these things. So they're reaping all of the benefit of our efforts, our money, and they can actually easily become accustomed to lots of luxuries and they don't even realize they don't come naturally. They didn't see the effort we put in to get to getting them and they just think it's going to happen. Right, so this is kind of where I want to talk about a well-rounded. And of course, if we work hard for something and we want to have a, I don't know, a pool or we want to have a four wheeler, you know, that what's where we're at or uh, where we live, then of course we're we're going to be happy to share that with the kids, right? But we don't want to to leave out the whole point where we're equipping our kids for life, and we're t- showing them how to work for things and save for things. We can't leave all that out, right? So the principle of benevolent deprivation, it's its in some ways depriving them of some material creature comforts just for the sake of it, but actually providing them with the means to be able to get them on their own in the sense of teach somebody how to fish and not give them a fish, right? <laughs> Ever feel worried you aren't as connected with your child as you'd like to be? I have an easy tool to help you feel that connection. The connection that is already there, of course. I've put together 50 plus fun and interesting questions to ask your kids. They'll get you laughing and you'll learn a lot of interesting things about your child and maybe even about yourself. Go to amotherfarfromhome.com connect to get your free printable. That's 50 plus connection questions that you can use in just times of bonding, one-on-one times, even times in the car. So again, you can get it at motherfarfromhome.com slash connect. So of course, when we're talking about the principle of benevolent deprivation, what we, we never want to deprive our kids of our time, um, our attention, our affection, our support, our emotional validation. I have a whole post on, or I have a whole... Uh, podcast episode on what actually validating our kids emotions is. So I encourage you to check that out. And I'll link that in the show notes. So we of course, we never want to deprive our kids of this. I'm not saying we're gonna have some big crusade where we're depriving our kids of everything to like make them tough or whatever. Obviously, that's not what I'm talking about. We don't want to deprive our kids of these these things that actually have the most effect of, of how well kids turn out. And I mention this a lot because I guess I find it shocking. And people, when I tell them and they hear it for the first time, they also find it shocking. But one of the biggest things that research has borne out time and time again, and I will Go on and say research always says something two decades later. It's like, why were we be so dumb and we believe that? But anyway, this is something that this principles existed forever. So I'm thinking this one might hold on. But is that one of the biggest um, factors in when they, you know, studied adults, one of the and in their childhoods, one of the biggest factors that contributes to being successful as an adult is having to do chores, right? Having to do chores. How simple is this? You got to get the kids doing chores. So basically chores, it's so much more than just like, you know, learning how to sweep or whatever. They Chores teach so many principles. So when we think about ben- like benevolently depriving our kids of luxuries for no reason that they didn't earn, that just make them feel like they're like yacht kids, um... We want to provide them with opportunity in a way, and chores is one of those. So this might be, um, just let me explain why. I'll give more examples later. But first of all, when we do chores, we get used to doing things that aren't fun, but that need to be done, right? This is a big deal. I have an, 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 an at the end of the year, I'm going to launch um, Life School at Home, which is going to be a fun community that we're going to do once a month, one project to teach our kids something to prepare them for life. Okay. So I'm just dropping it out. there. It's the first public drop. Well, I don't know when this podcast is going to go live, whatever. It's the first public drop. That's going to be fun. But part of the reason why it matters is because it's really hard to do things that are boring that we don't want to do. Chores help instill this sense of I've got to do what needs to be done. It's just, I'm going to do it. It helps us get used to doing menial, quote, menial things just because, you know, we need to do them instead of, uh, just only thinking we need to do things that are fun. It creates a sense of order, a sense of routine. It builds discipline, all these type of things. Okay. So I feel like I got a little bit off topic, but this is whenever I say we want to benevolently deprive them, I'm speaking in kind of a, maybe a material way and not in a blanket way, just because we know the things that will really help our kids in the long run are not material things, right? (laughs) Ever wondered what it means to have boundaries in parenting with your own children? Well, I lived a boundaryless life. It did not turn out well for me or the kids. And I realized that I, like you, and every other mom on earth has limits. We have boundaries, whether we've realized it or not. And we need to honor them if we want to live peaceful lives. I like to joke that while my book is called If Mama Ain't Happy, the real goal here is not happiness. For most moms, right now, that's pie in the sky. The real goal, sad as it is to say, is not being depressed and wanting to escape your own life. So if that's you, if that's where you're at, grab a copy of my new book, If Mama Ain't Happy, Why Minding Healthy Boundaries is Good for Your Whole Family. You can buy the book any places books are sold. Or if you want to get a free copy of my limit locator and boundary building worksheets, Google, A Mother Far From Home, If Mama Ain't Happy, choose the first link there at the top. Okay, so let's think about and talk about some ways that benevolent deprivation, we might be able to kind of bring this into our home or our household. And again, please hear me. Um, obviously, I'm nervous because I'm giving a lot of disclaimers. I'm not talking about depriving our kids, you know, whatever. Okay, just in, a, in helping our kids not get, I don't, too big for their britches, as my family would say. So one of the ways that we can do this is not to just buy things just because we can. I mentioned in one of my YouTube videos that I'll put in uh, the show notes, but it's one of the it, the videos called one of the, or parenting this century is driving us all nuts. And here's why. And one of the reasons is because it's like our culture has taken on this idea that if we buy something, it's going to solve our problem. So it's like, you know, it's part of the consumeristic mindset and Whatever, for better or worse, you know, we're in a consumer culture. And so it, we, whenever we just think, oh, buying this will solve this problem, we just get used to being on this buying train and life never feels like it ends. And kids, whenever they just sort of think, oh, we need this, click, and then it shows up at the door, this is kind of really (laughs) teaching our kids things just show up when we want them. And, buying something fixes our problems and sometimes it does like as of course if you don't have any shoes and you buy shoes that fix your problem duh okay but sometimes you know it's you know for example if the house we just have too much stuff and then we think buying containers is going to fix my problem to organize well no because then it's just a lot of work and then nobody keeps up the work and now you also have containers as clutter right the problem is it's too much junk so in that type of way like for our kids, we don't need to just buy something because we can. If they just see something in a store they want, just because they want it, it it doesn't mean anything. Okay, they want it. Well, that's good. But that doesn't mean you have to buy it. That doesn't mean anything needs to happen, right? So just because you can buy a $500 bouncy house with water for the backyard doesn't mean you should. Now, maybe if you are going to use it every day and, and have fun with it and the kids are going to use it and have neighbor kids over and it's going to be a point of community and communion and fellowship with the people that you love, fine, maybe do it. Um, but just in a general sense, be wary of going into the place that's like, just because I can, I will. And I know one area I'm thinking about here is toys. And now I don't know that I would go so far as to call my I mean, I do in some ways say I use minimalism sometime in titles because I do think, how should I say this? I don't know that I would necessarily say I am minimalist, but I don't think I've ever been to anybody's house. I can remember who um, had less toys than I do. No, who had what am I trying to say? Everywhere I've ever gone to any of my friend's houses or their house have kids. All their kids always have more stuff than mine do. Let's put it like that. And I have five kids. We just don't have that many toys. And this is something that ooh, I'm strategic with the toys that we have. And I can do a whole nother episode on that or YouTube video on that. But my point is just because I could buy it does not mean that I buy it. I just don't. So my kids don't have these expensive things that they just, you know, Uh, think that should be theirs. And I, well, this is another point. I'll save that my caveat there for later. So that that my first point here is how we can bring this in is just to, just because we could buy something doesn't mean that we have to. Now, you might want to, of course, of course. But just putting in the back of your mind, the mindset is just because I can doesn't mean I should, can really change things. (laughs) The fact of the matter is, family routines make the home go round, and they aren't just for the kids. I'm a certified baby and toddler sleep consultant, language of listening parent coach, and mother of five kids at one point in five years and under. If there's one thing that's true, it's this. Without daily routines and systems in place, life is chaotic, stressful, and anxiety-inducing. The only way to get our mom responsibilities done in peace is this, family routines simple family rhythms give you predictability organization and calm my best-selling workshop family routines reboot is a three-day challenge to creating easy effective family routines that make family life peaceful again it focuses on the whole family routines child routines and self-care routines visit a mother far from home slash reboot for more details again it's a mother far from home slash reboot the second way we can sort of benevolently deprive our kids of these material things to help them live a richer life in the in the sense of you know equipping and life skills and well-being is to let good enough just be good enough. Okay. I feel like we're in a society that is like obsessed with optimizing. We just want everything to be as good as it can be. And I know some personalities are like that. And I know that people who want to be productive, whatever, I'm not saying that we should go around being sloppy, of course. But it sometimes good enough can just be good enough, right? We don't have to renovate an entire bathroom that's really working well and is pretty much fine. We can if we love that, but we just don't have to. you know. Our kids don't need to get used to this idea that everything needs to be as good as it can possibly be. I just don't think that's where we need to go as a society, people. I just, and this, of course, my opinion, but this is my podcast where I share my opinion, and I'm not saying I couldn't be wrong, but I think we need to let good enough just be good enough. You know, we don't have to get a brand new. So, for example, and this is a silly example. I'm not taking a moral stance on this, but when my kids started kindergarten, I got him a nice big. LL Bean backpack that's super sturdy, highly, maybe it's land's end, you know, one of those highly rated, got their initials on it. My kids have, every single one of my children have carried that backpack. They just carry it. I said, you know, we're just going to use this same backpack through all of elementary school and that's going to be fine. And actually my daughter, I bought her a new one. She just went into the sixth grade. It broke. She's back to her backpack she used in kindergarten and it still works and it's clean and it's sturdy and whatever. If it's like your joy to buy backpacks, do it. But I got five kids and my point is it, my mindset is like, this backpack's fine. Why am I going to get a new one? Same thing with the lunchbox. I bought a really nice lunchbox. They've used it for years. So I think when we have this sense of it's good enough, it's fine. It'll work. It, it, kind of helps our kids learn to be satisfied. It helps them learn to be content. And now sometimes there's some circumstances that are very difficult to be content in because they're not good. And of course that's true. You know, it I'm not saying we need to be content if we can't pay our bills or somebody's mistreating us or we're in an abusive situation. Duh. But sometimes we get in the trap of feeling like we have to make everything be as good as possible for us and for our kids, like we're depriving them. But actually, we need to benevolently deprive them of the mindset that everything just needs to be amazing. I just don't think that's the case, certainly not in a material sense. We certainly don't need the impetus of the the weight of our efforts being on what we can give the kids materially, because this just sets up an expectation for them that is going to contribute to a lot of disappointment, you know, and maybe in. in, Yeah, I don't need to go through and give examples of that, but just disappointment in life. Things aren't always as easy. And if kids just think I buy something, my problems are solved. I have really nice stuff and I don't have any problems. This is not true. (laughs) It's just not true. Okay, so my next point here on benevolently depriving the kids is to really take hold of the idea that less is more. And minimalism is just actually beneficial for the kids. It just just totally is. So now minimalism's relative, of course, and that's fine. And so I'm not saying if you are a maximalist, some people are just maximalists. And also it depends on uh, how you grew up. So, uh, if you have grown up and you didn't have very much at all, or you felt the pull of, um, poverty, not being able to pay the bills, etc., you, f- you know, would feel like there were times when you truly were deprived of your needs. Now, when I'm talking about benevolent deprivation, hear me out. I'm not talking about depriving kids of meeting their needs for, de- that's obviously just cruel. So, you know, don't send me a hate email. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about benevolently depriving them of, you know, superficial consumeristic things, right? Okay. But if you grew up in that type of setting, you might now collect a lot of things. You might now not want to get rid of anything. You might feel safety in things because you felt like you didn't have things. Okay. So I'm not trying to address that root issue here, but my point is kids are totally okay with less they just totally okay with less. And if you strategically provide them with things that give them the opportunity to be creative and use their imagination, like dress up clothes, these are the, if I think, I think if you didn't have to buy anything for your kids, but one thing I would say, dress up clothes, I'm not even joking. I'm being serious. I've got a whole YouTube video on that. Dress up clothes are the best or something like Lego, or, you know, if it's a girl dolls or Barbies or something they can endlessly play with for long periods, for years, that they can dive in with their imagination and create worlds and ecosystems and games that they revisit. This is a kabillion times better than just lots of stuff. Do you feel like your days go by in a blur and all those things you meant to get done never really get done? The good news is it isn't because you don't have enough self-discipline or because you're just lazy. It's because you need better routines. I created some daily routine brainstorm sheets with lots of examples for routines based on your kids' ages that you can get free on my website. Go to amotherfarfromhome.com slash routine sheets. That's amotherfarfromhome.com slash routine sheets and grab these free printables. So we want to benevolently deprive them of having a room full of junk that actually becomes a huge mess that then they're forced to live in this mess. And then mom comes in and goes into like a cleaning rage and is like, yeah, Ramis, you know, this is what can happen. Hey, I don't, I, yeah, Friends tell me this. Friends tell me this could happen. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that rings true for you. And then now we have a huge mess to clean up and messes are overwhelming for kids. So we actually don't want people. We don't want anybody. We do not want our children, though, primarily, since this is what I'm talking about, to get used to growing up in a huge mess. And part of the way we can prevent this is just by not having as much, like what if they really don't use it, they can, and it's in good shape, they can donate it or give it away. And it's just more so I'm not necessarily addressing what you already have in the house, but I'm thinking about what um, a mindset that you can have going forward. And is it it's less is more less stuff gives kids more opportunity to use the stuff they have. And so I really would encourage you to to think like that. So my next point um, is to teach your kids some hard work ethic. So I mentioned that earlier, you know, we were talking about having the kids do chores and what is really it is important that our kids learn cause and effect they learn how to get things you know you you work to get a paycheck or you invent something to get a paycheck or you own a business that get whatever it is there's lots of ways to get money right but you have to teach the kids it just doesn't grow on trees it just doesn't like show up you know while you were sleeping and now you've got all this money I mean you know whatever we got to actually teach the kids about life. There's a whole book that I bought my kids to read that I wanted to then use for a discussion point. I think it's called how to be a person. I'll link it in the show notes, but it's just how to do these basic things. And of course, this is part of parenting, but I'm going to be really honest. Teaching kids these things has actually gone by the wayside a lot because everybody's spinning a black hole on their screen, right? So we're, well, I'm not even going to go into my screen, eat the, you know, opinion here. That's a whole nother scope, but you want to teach kids hard work. So if they want something, even if you could buy it, that you don't have to buy it. You can actually help them create a plan to work to get it. And this is much better in the long run than just buying something because you could. It's like, okay, you want that $100 Lego. That's cool. It looks super, super cool. Okay. So let's figure out a bunch of chores or a bunch of whatever that you can and we'll keep track of it so you can work to get that amount of money to buy it. Cool. Sounds good. And then you should do that instead of just buying it. Of course, if it's their birthday or Christmas, whatever, you get my point, but it's actually not helpful to the character of our children to deprive them of learning how to work. So we want to benevolently deprive them of a bunch of free junk, but we want to provide them with the opportunity to, to work, to be able to learn how that goes. We're not making them like a big workhorse. I'm not talking about in some overly abusive way, of course, um, I've gotten feedback from some people who had to do too many chores as a kid that sort of were made to feel a slave, and they're very against chores. So I'm not talking about that. You get you get my point. So that's what we want to do. We want to teach our kids to work for things. We want to teach our kids the process by which they can get things that they want. We want to teach our kids how life works to, in order to arrive at where they want to be. So this might be goal setting. It might be teaching them how to work. It might be teaching them how to go about getting a skill they need to be able to do this. So we want to benevolently deprive them of this sense of entitlement. We want to benevolently deprive them of a sense that they're always just going to get whatever they want without any effort. And we want to teach them how to go about getting these things in an easy way at home, of course, while never depriving them of our love, time, attention, and support. So I hope that I was able to communicate my point in this podcast, um, but I do think it's something in this day and age where opportunities and things and, st- you know, maybe not in this particular period with a, you know, perhaps a big recession coming, but just in a general sense, then more than 10, 20, 30 years ago, there's just more stuff, more opportunity to get stuff. And I don't think that is great for the kids. And I think we have to be purposeful against it. So I hope you've heard my heart in this episode. As always, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can find me on my website, a mother far from home and on YouTube under the same name. If you like this podcast, I'd love it if you could write a five star review and it'll help all the algorithms to get it in front of other moms who benefit from this encouragement. Until next time, keep it real out there, mama.